Hello, everyone. Today is January 25th, and uh, welcome to the oh, sh- <laughs> Life in the Fans Lane <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Today is Monday, January 25th. Welcome to Life in the Fans Lane podcast. I'm Clark Jarsfer, and I'm really ashamed to uh, be joined here by my co-host, Derek Winter. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's rough being here with you too, buddy. I know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it'd be good for us to uh, kind of give a rundown of why we created this podcast um, so that you know, the listeners will, um, will have some guidance on, you know, why we, why we created this and, and, you know, what, what we think is important. So, um, you know, one of the main reasons that we started this was, um, you know, so that we can kind of give a, a journey to fanhood for, for a casual fan. Um, I'm a casual fan myself and Derek has been a fan, um, for as long as I've known him of NASCAR. So, um, you know, I thought it was, I thought it'd be a pretty neat way to, um, you know, show um, the different reasons on why people are fans as well as, um, you know, obviously we want to talk some NASCAR news as, as it comes up. So um, I guess we'll get started. Uh, Derek, you know, um, like I said, has been a fan of NASCAR ever since I've known him, which has been, uh, you know, somewhere like around too, 20 plus too years. Long. Too long is the answer to that. Too long. <laughs> yeah. So why, uh, you know, your your parents aren't NASCAR fans, or I guess your dad kind of is. Um, but from what I know, you didn't grow up, uh, you know, being forced to be a NASCAR fan or just having it in your household. It's one of those things that I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's one of those things that I think you um, kind of got into yourself. And, and why is that? So I actually got into NASCAR. Um just randomly one day um i was uh hanging out at home obviously a sunday races are on sunday and um wasn't feeling well and just kind of scanned through channels and um you know to be honest with you i uh happened to come across the race and and there was a a, a crash and you know being a 10 year old kid it was uh you know kind of cool kind of exciting so um you know and then from there i just kind of started watching um and learning about the sport even more and uh you know the the second race i ever watched was at rockingham speedway and and uh i just remember this this awesome battle between johnny benson who is actually from michigan grand rapids michigan and uh shout out gr it, shout out to gr absolutely and uh and mark martin and I, I just remember i didn't know much about anyone at this time but mark martin was like the you know he was running second um, they were talking about how he was uh, running for the championship uh, as well that year. Was he and in the Viagra car then? He was in the Viagra car. He was running hard that day. Running very hard that day. To <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so, so he, uh, you know, he tried to chase down Johnny Benson and, uh, and, and he just couldn't. But, but Mark got out of the car and, and, you know, he was really just a class act. And, uh, you know, it's kind of how I was brought up too. And, um, you know, I just kind of, it, it kind of inspired me to be a be a Mark Martin fan, and I fell in love with the sport. Um, just everything about it, the the sights, the 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 cars. Um, honestly, the the sponsorships uh, were very iconic back then because all a lot of the cars ran, you know, one scheme throughout the year, and they were just very iconic race cars. And and honestly, from there, it just kind of um, my interest grew and my my knowledge grew. Um, honestly, to the point where uh, you know, I was, uh, I was and am obsessed with it. Obviously we're sitting here doing a podcast about it. So, um, <laughs> which, uh, you know, my, my parents weren't a fan of when I was a kid. Uh, I probably would have been a hell of a lot better at sports had I not, uh, stumbled across NASCAR and spent all my time doing that. But, um, yeah. Um, when, when did you go to your first race and where was it? So my first race was, uh, Michigan in 2004, and as yeah. I mentioned before, 12 years old, yep. 12 years old, um, went with a family friend and, uh, and his dad and, uh, as fate would have it, 
the the first race I ever got to visit. We were sitting in turn one, and and Mark Martin uh, broke a transmission on the start and rolled by us at about eighty miles an hour, and that was the end of his race. On the <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that's your first experience in NASCAR. <laughs> I was a disappointed twelve uh, year old. Let's just say that. <laughs> so what what brought you back then after you go to the track and your your favorite driver breaks down early on and by the way uh there's a there's another story about that um that we can get to later on but my brother's first uh experience at a nascar race he was a gordon fan and it was at michigan and gordon made it like two laps before before wrecking but what brought you back to the track after um, going there and being disappointed that, um, that, that that all went down. Man, it was, it was everything. Um, you know, just the, the entire experience of, um, it, it's nothing like you see on TV. Um, you know, obviously someone that is in love with it on TV, um, you know, was probably going to be in love with it then, you know, but, uh, man, it was, it was just badass, you know, just the, the noise, the atmosphere, um, you know, speaking of Jeff Gordon, I actually remember, I think it was that same race, uh, you know, he, he would, he was leading and he ended up blowing an engine and just to see the, the fans go crazy about it because Jeff Gordon was very unpopular, um, around that era. Um, and it was just, almost like the camaraderie of the, the fans was super cool too, of, you know, the, the hatred for Jeff Gordon. Uh, you know, even though Jeff's a great guy, he was just one of the most unlike drivers back then. And um, it's, it's honestly just the whole community and the, the atmosphere at the track. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, you know, I think that that kind of segues into, you know, how I became a fan of NASCAR, um, you know, growing up, um, for the listeners, um, you know, growing up, I would, you know, remind Derek that NASCAR is not a sport. Uh, and, and, you know, my viewpoint has obviously, uh, changed since I'm, uh, since I'm, I'm here, uh, doing a NASCAR podcast and there was something that changed it. And it was, um, that Derek finally, uh, you know, at one point had talked me into going to the track and going to a race. And, uh, you know, I, of course, made light of it. Uh, my very first time said, you know, like it's, you know, you know, it's a redneck sport. I better wear a cutoff flannel and cut off uh, uh, jeans, jean shorts um, to the track and, you know, just joke around and have a good time with it. Um, you know, once we got there, um, you know, it's the whole experience um, that, that kind of drew me in, not necessarily the racing, honestly. Um, you know, that wasn't what drew me in, um, being able to go to the track, uh, get the, you know, we left our hometown of Claire, um, pretty early in the morning. We got to the speedway in Brooklyn, um, pretty, you know, pretty early in the morning. Um, and then as soon as we got there, we kind of set up a tent, uh, we started grilling out, uh, you know, we had some beers, um, and then, you know, we headed up to the, the haulers, um, checked out the merchandise trailers, um, you know, things that you wouldn't even really expect to be at a race are at the race track. Uh, you know, for example, one I, year, I, I was just gonna say, I think it's kind of a unique, like, like thing when you talk about like the merchandise trailers, people may not know what those are, you know, maybe you know explain i guess what what your first thought of those were when you when you stumbled upon them and you see these you know i i guess like everywhere else you could any any other sport you can go and you can like set up at a booth and you get uh you know merchandise that way yeah yeah so it's kind of unique that um each driver has their own you know trailer uh that they go in uh or that they have set up that has all of their merchandise that you can go and check out and buy uh, as opposed to, you know, going to a ball sport, um, you know, like football, uh, you can buy merchandise in the stadium, but there's just, you know, stores in within the stadium. Uh, these are, it's very unique that these things travel, um, you know, around the country with merchandise and they sell merchandise uh, at the track. Uh, and it's, it's kind of unique to just kind of walk through all of the, 
uh, all of the haulers and just kind of see what each driver is selling and, you know, what, what their merchandise looks like and things like that. It's kind um, of, it's kind of mesmerizing just to walk through like the trailers and all the, the colors and, and see the, the fandom for each driver as you do it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. You know, you'll see super long lines for certain drivers. Like, uh, you know, my first race we went to, um, we had, huge lines for junior of course and then uh you know you you might walk by a, a kyle bush um trailer for example and it just doesn't have many people at it or um sometimes you're even surprised like back my first race i didn't know the difference but i was like wow that guy's really freaking popular somebody's standing in line <laughs> for 25 minutes to get his shirt as opposed to you know you walk by another trailer and there's maybe one person trying to buy sunglasses or something which is uh also kind of cool because now I'm starting to experience that, um, you know, I was a Jimmy fan when I first got into the sport, just walking through the, the, um, through the haulers, um, you know, there wasn't a ton of Jimmy fans most, most likely because he had a ton of success by the time I got into this sport. Um, and for whatever reason, a lot of people didn't like that. Um, that's kind of what attracted me to becoming a fan of Jimmy when I got into the sport was, you know, I always like, a guy who's just a, a class act and who is, uh, you know, has found a way to be successful. And then that, you know, I, I try to relate from, um, you know, what he did to become successful and things like that. And now that he's, now that he's retired from the sport, um, you know, I've become a Matt DiBenedetto fan. Um, and I think that same thing, you know, just he, he hasn't built, a ton of success in the sport yet, but, uh, his passion for the sport is kind of what drew me to him. Um, not necessarily anything, uh, with, with racing or on track things. Um, you know, his, his interview, I believe it was after Bristol. Um, you know, he had just found out that he was losing his ride for the, for the following year. Um, and he just, you could tell that he just really wanted to be in the sport uh, and you don't see that with some of the guys who have been around for a long time, you know, the, the Kyle Bushes, um, you know, uh, the guys who have just been in the sport for who, who take it, who take it for granted really. And, and, you know, don't, um, and, and not that Kyle doesn't appreciate what he's been given, but Kyle, Kyle has a ton of success. Um, I do feel Matt DiBenedetto has tried to, you know, or, or had to, um, kind of, claw his way to the top a little more than someone like Kyle Busch so yeah yeah exactly and and, you know now I think uh, obviously Kyle's got some sort of passion for what he does um, but he just doesn't really he doesn't really ever have a need to put it on a platform for fans whereas you know that would uh, that interview with Matt Benedetto was just like pure raw emotion and he had a platform to put it on there for fans um, and he, he did a very good job at just showing, uh, what the sport means to him, uh, what it means to his family and how he wanted to continue to, um, you know, continue to be in the sport. And there was a chance that he might not be in the sport. Um, and it was pretty crazy. I think he led like 60 some laps that race. Um, and uh, then old Newman got in his way. Newman. <laughs> Newman is the hardest person to pass on the racetrack, and uh, unfortunately, he cost De Benedetto that uh, that win that night. Yeah, but it's racing. I mean, you can't fault Ryan Newman for it. It's racing, right? Yeah, I mean Ryan's trying to win just as much as uh, De Benedetto is. So, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, it's cool to see, you know, um, that that kind of emotion and those things. Though that's kind of what drew me to the sport. Um, like I said, once I got to the track, there was some things that um, that you don't expect to see when you're going to a race. Like you're you're going to a race just thinking like you're going to see cars and and things like that. And the the sponsorship really brings this side of it in, into um, it, into the sport. Um, like my first race, there were Clydesdales there. I was like, what the hell are Clydesdales <laughs> doing at the racetrack right now? Um, but a, a leg the size of your entire body. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was just like something that I had no clue that I was going to experience that that day. I just thought I was showing up to the race wearing my 
uh, you know, cut off shorts and cut off flannel, uh, just thinking, you know, I'm going to drink some beer and get sunburnt and probably not have a good time at all. And then I'll go back and confirm to Derek that I never want to go to another NASCAR race ever again. <laughs> um, that was my mindset going into it. But I was like, you know what? Worst comes the worst. I'll drink a bunch of bush light and I'll have a good time. Um, and it, you know, honestly, the racing that day, uh, you know, it was a, it was a day at Michigan. It wasn't the greatest racing in the world. They got, you know, they got pretty spread out. Um, but one of the cool things about ra- about the racing that day was that my very first race I went to Jimmy Johnson, we got a win. Um, you know, I had decided that I wanted Jim- wanted to be a Jimmy fan that day, actually. Um, just based on his past success and stuff like that. And he just, he, wasn't... He, just, he just took all of his gear and just threw it right on the bandwagon, just <laughs> right on the bandwagon and down the road they go. Hopped on the success bandwagon <laughs> and then uh, watched him get a win. Uh, so that, you know, that was obviously kind of exciting for a first time fan, uh, you know, going to a race and just randomly picking one guy out of, you know, 40 drivers and having him win, um, obviously he there was some basis behind why I picked him as my favorite driver, and it was his success. Um, and so obviously <laughs> it wasn't when, when you're when you're new and you're trying to find a driver, you might as well pick the person that's you know the the goat. You know, uh, pretty pretty good shot. You're you're in good hands there. Um, and you know, I, I think I think that's a really good point of just like whenever I try to tell somebody to watch a race. I, I, if you tune in hoping to, I don't know, see something more than just cars go around in circles and you don't put in the effort to see more than cars going around in circles, that's what you're going to get. But, you know, anyone that wants to tune in and, you know, maybe just be a, a, a casual viewer just to see how, how the sport is, I always tell them to pick a number or pick their their favorite sponsor or see what the car looks like, uh, you know, and kind of make that their driver. Um, I I at least tell them to start with that. Just say, you know, Oh, my, my favorite number is number 12, Ryan Blaney. Um, you know, okay. I'm going to take a look at him. Uh, you know, see if, see if I like him as a person, see if I like his style, um, see how he is as a competitor. I think that's, I think that's such an important part of just finding your driver is, you know, you want to find the person that's like you. That's, you know, I've been told that too. But, uh, you know, it was just kind of, uh, you want to be like, you want to be like your hero. And, and I think you made a good point of you, you chose Jimmy Johnson uh, first off because he was the best driver out there. But then, you know, as you learn more about him, he is someone that you look up to as, as a person, as a team player, um, as just an, an, an icon of, of the sport and all around good person. And I, I think that translates well to where you're going with, you know, Matt Benedetto too. Um, Matt is just an all around good guy. He's, you know, spent years in the sport trying to make it to where he's at. Finally has a really good um, opportunity with the Wood Brothers starting last year and going into this year. But I, I honestly do believe that's the beginning, uh, just only the beginning for Matt, uh, Matt Benedetto. Um, He's only 29 years old, which I found out the other day, and he's got a ton of potential left in front of him. Um, I think it's been discussed before, but I would not be surprised if he's maybe one of the leading candidates for the uh, the new 2311 racing with Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin um, next year. You know, they, they're starting their team with Bubba Wallace this year, but um, the plan's already out there. They want to expand to a three four car team, and it's going to be a it's going to be a prime landing spot for a lot of people, but. Um, but yeah, to your point, it's, there's just so much more that goes into NASCAR racing. Um, you, you learn to follow these people and idolize these people, um, just like you would in any other sport. I I don't want it to sound like it's, you know, like every other sport, but I, I also feel like you truly won't understand it until you tune in and get a good idea of what what we're actually talking about here well yeah and that's i mean that's another good point is that you know you kind of you kind of do start to learn their personalities learn who who dislikes who um and who you know who has good relationships with other drivers and things like that and so it's almost like you start to follow a storyline and then 
what brings it all together, uh, you know, once I went back after my first experience at the track, what brings it all together is after you kind of start to see these storylines, you have more access in NASCAR to the drivers than you do in any sport, right? So you, you don't go to a football game and, I mean, very, very few people go to an NFL game and have the opportunity to, you know, go down and meet the players before the game, right? That, that just doesn't happen. Um, you might win some sort of prize or something by getting in the door early and then, you know, you're two of the 70,000 people who are at the game who get to go down on the field beforehand and get a couple autographs or whatever. With NASCAR, uh, you know, you start to see these, these personalities and you start to see the storylines. And then when you get to the track, it ties it all together and you can, you can do things like get, you know, garage passes or hot passes at, at tracks or pit passes. Uh, you can go down on the track before the race and, you know, sign the, sign the um, finish line. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different stuff that you can experience at the track that you can't do in other sports. And what I'll say is my, my, probably my favorite thing uh, about NASCAR that you don't get with any other sport is you take a cooler of beer to the track, (laughs) you start grilling out, you eat your lunch, you head into the race and you take your cooler of beer with you (laughs) into the stands. And no, you, no paying for those $12 beers at NASCAR races. Right. <laughs> Until you, you run out. You just bring a 30-pack of Bush Light, pack as many of them in a cooler as you can, go up into the stands, and just enjoy your time uh, with friends. You know, the racing might get boring at, at times. Uh, I, I find it hard for it to be boring these days um, when, when you've got cars going fast. Uh, in front of you in person like I find it hard to be boring Uh, I will say you know my first three or four races at the track when they get like at Michigan they got super spread out for a long time there's no caution Um, you know I did find it boring at first but then um, you know the more and more you become a fan of the sport uh, the more and more um, the more and more you start to see those uh those storylines that develop and, you know, even though the racing is spread, spread out a ton, you might think, Oh shit. Uh, you know, Joey Logano dumped Ryan Newman last week and they're racing side by side at the back of the pack right now or in the middle of the pack. And your eyeballs are glued to those two cars. Right. And you're just like, you're like, (laughs) is he going to dump them? You know, he's, he's not going to (laughs) on lap 100 at Michigan, but but you know, he might, but he might race the hell out of him, and that and that might lead to something something else, right? So. And so those things just kind of creep up into your mind, even when you know the racing spread out, or it's or it's not the best racing in the world. Um, and honestly, you can't be a fan of any sport and expect every single thing, you know, to be the most perfect thing in the world. Like I don't go to a, a football game expecting it always to be the best game I've ever seen. Right. I go to a football game well, because I you, enjoy it. You are a Lions fan, so I wouldn't expect any game to be you know, the best <laughs> well, game in the world. Their games are usually good. They just find a way to blow it at the end. Um, you know, it's usually a close <laughs> game. <laughs> they, they like to make it close, keep it entertaining. <laughs> yeah. So But I mean I'm sure they'll go to the Super Bowl next year. So <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean my hopes are there. Uh, you know, new coaching staff. Um We'll see. They're <laughs> they're, well, they're about to lose their quarterback, but who knows? As you say, you do realize you got to have someone that uh, can throw the ball, right? Yeah, that's that is usually something that you do need in in the NFL. <laughs> you do need a good quarterback. Um, you know, the Lions are looking to trade Stafford, but uh, you know, I texted you earlier this week. I think it could be a good thing for him. You know, mm-hmm. I as much as I love Matthew Stafford and he's the best quarterback to ever play for the Lions, he's got a big contract. Um, and, you know, a lot of the teams that are successful in the NFL, um, you know, they have quarterbacks who are on a rookie contract and they're not paid. Um, you, you know, they're not paid top tier salaries. And so the teams can afford to put some some talent around their quarterback. So if you can get, you know, if the Lions can go out and get a guy that's, you know, a solid rookie quarterback on a rookie contract and then 
kind of put some pieces together around him. Who knows? But this is a, you know, this is a racing podcast. So, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get too far off topic. Um, hey, you know what? I, I think that's great. You know, I think um, I think there's a lot of people out here that just enjoy sports in general. Um, they enjoy team sports in general. Uh, you know, and like you mentioned, uh, you didn't quite realize what a team sport NASCAR was when you first got into it. And, uh, you know, so I, I think it's fine. We talk about, you know, some, some of these other sports and, um, you know, for, for our listeners, uh, out there, one thing you guys may not know is that, um, you know, some of these pit crews that you see on, uh, at the racetrack every weekend, um, most of these guys are retired, uh, college and professional athletes. Uh, you know, it, you may have a, a 350 pound, uh, lineman holding that gas can for, uh, William Byron, uh, each week, you know, that's, that's no easy job. And these, these NASCAR teams have taken it to the next level by training these retired athletes. Um, you know, Clark, you probably know the answer to this better than I will, but you know, the, the average retirement age for an NFL player. Um, it's probably pretty young, um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you make it to your second contract in the NFL, you're doing you're doing well. Which uh, you know, rookie contracts are are five years. I, I believe they're four years with an option for a fifth. Um, and so, you know, basically, the average person that comes into the NFL does not make it uh, longer than four or five years. Um, and so. You know, coming out of college, you're 21, 22 years old. Uh, that means you're done with football by the time you're uh, 26, 27 years old. Um, right. And so that that's and you're lucky to be done with it then. Yeah. Um, so, and that and that's a good point. Like you know, I've I've heard these uh, pit crew coaches talk about how you know they want they want these athletes that still have the fire in their belly to you know, succeed as an athlete to be part of a team sport. And that's exactly what NASCAR offers, especially when these guys come off of a football team and, you know, they, they are almost left like, what do I do now? You know, like you said, they only have a lifespan of four or five years. And now they're like, well, I, I still want to be involved in that competitive atmosphere. What do I do? And, and those are the, those are the people that, you know, the Hendrick Motorsports, the Joe Gibbs Racings are looking for in terms of, you know, these competitive crew members that are, um, that are good. You know, these are strong built crew members. Yeah. These, uh, to, super athletic. Yeah. That's no joke. You know, you see, uh, you know, I, I didn't really expect it. Um, seeing pit crew members for the first time, I didn't expect them to just be massive humans, but, uh, at the end of the day, <laughs> um, you know, looking down on them, uh, I didn't realize even a, a, I didn't even realize that a tire, you know, weighs, uh, it's over a hundred pounds. You would know better than I do, but it, yeah, it's hundred pounds at the wheel. It's yeah, it's, it's not light. And you see these guys just throwing these things around like a loaf of bread. And then, um, you know, even some of the things that they, that the pit crew does are just insanely impressive, right? Like, uh, you know, the lug nut guy just freaking just he never misses right you just you don't yeah. see these guys miss these things and it's like you know boop, 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 or whatever <laughs> and you're just like how can we, can we clip that for a soundbite please yeah no let's, <laughs> let, let's leave that one out but it's just like how you know how do they never how do they never miss and i guess the answer is just like any other sport it's you know practice over and over again but even then uh you know it's it's choreographed perfection it's amazing to watch honestly yeah and and even and even with like other um other sports like you see them miss like you know you nfl players practice every single day but yet guys like eric ebron have 17 drops in a season so it's like you know, he pra he practices catching every single day, uh, but he still drops things. And then you go, you kind of go over to NASCAR and it's like, now, obviously they miss on occasion, but you never, you almost never see it. And NASCAR will even slow it down for you, um, you know, with their slow-mos and things like that. And it's just like, it's pretty incredible to see their perfection um, with such like minimal things like that 
you know, that's such a, such a very, very small detail in NASCAR, but if they don't, if they're not able to be perfect, they don't have a job in NASCAR. And so even the pit crew members have much more of a competitive spirit than, um, than you would think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's really incredible to see these guys going out here and, and turning 13 second pit stops. I can't get one lug nut off in 13 seconds. Uh, you know, it's quite embarrassing, but you know, I, I think that's the average human being, but, um, obviously they have high powered air guns and everything, but, um, to, to, to do a entire pit stop in 13 seconds, it, it really is, um, I guess, beautifully choreographed if, if it's, uh, if that's the way we want to put it, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to change, uh, in 2022, um, in terms of, you know, the, the lug nuts and, um, kind of the whole, the whole, um, pit maneuver and, and strategy, I guess not pit maneuver, but, um, pit sequence and strategy, um, it's going to change, you know, cause they're going to a single lug nut in 2022, um, with the new car. I think it's going to be an interesting, um, change, uh, one lug nut, one, yep. One single nut. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know that. That's yep. interesting. Yep. So, um, so, so NASCAR's, and, and we'll dive deep into this. I actually made a note, um, for, you know, further conversation. Um, you know, we, we kind of want to stick to the, the plans that we're, we're working with these episodes. We plan on being with you guys for, for, uh, a, a while to, to really kind of explain the sport and explain why we enjoy it. Um, but, you know, NASCAR is making some car changes in 2022 and it'll be the first time that NASCAR has ever gone to a single lug nut, um, for, for the, uh, for the cars. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how it changes the dynamics of a, of a pit stop because yeah. like, like you just said, it really is something cool to see in, in a very unique part of, part of the sport. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's definitely interesting. And I'm honestly, I'm excited to, uh, to do that episode because, um, you know, I'll, I'll be preparing for it and I'll, I'll obviously learn a lot more about, uh, the future changes of NASCAR. Um, I'm being a casual fan, obviously I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at the future of NASCAR. I've, I've always just kind of looked at it as like an in the moment type thing. Um, you know, watch it when it's on, watch, go to the races each year, uh, figure out what, what changed, you know, a couple of weeks before the season and then, um, and then kind of go from there. So that's definitely interesting to know that, um, you know, as far out as next year, um, they've got plans for, um, for changes, uh, with things like that. So, um, well, I, I hope you're prepared better for that than you do like your tests in school. Cause I seen how you, you know, did it was <laughs> an absolute train wreck. So. Mr. 2.3 GPA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was above 2.0. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, got that piece of paper. <laughs> hey, I just, I grew up with like the, with the mindset that D minuses get degrees. I, I don't think that's quite how the saying goes, but it's a passing it grade. And, uh, and that's, that's, you know, that's, that was kind of the mindset growing up. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't really want to spend too much time doing schoolwork and things like that until I got to college. Uh, once I got to college, I, you know, obviously started to kind of figure some things out. I think I finished with like a three, two GPA at Northwood. So, um, Oh, you did, but, a, did a complete reversal, 2.3 to 3.2. Yeah, I, I think I might just be making shit up at this point. <laughs> <laughs> How many bush lights do you have over there? I you know you talked about taking the 30-pack into the race. I mean, you know, well, you're going through a 30-pack over there now. You know, I'm too deep in, in you know, I'm, I'm glad we keep bringing up bush light uh, <laughs> because it it really is my favorite beer. And some people might be surprised that I'm not a – not a Kevin Harvick fan knowing that. And some people will also say I'm a disgusting human being for that being my favorite beer. Uh, Bush light. I've, you know, I've been a brand loyal guy and Bush light was, uh, what got me through college and I'm going to be loyal to it for the rest <laughs> of my life. So <laughs> that, that got you that 3.2. Yep. This is, uh, this, uh, this was Clark's pitch for an advertisement, uh, for a sponsorship deal from Bush. Uh, yeah. If, any, if, Bush, if you're listening out there, um, we, we'd love to have the sponsorship. So. Yeah. If anybody out there, uh, with, with Anheuser-Busch is listening to this podcast somehow, uh, with it being our first episode, I, I don't, 
uh, you know, I don't see that. But who knows? Maybe we'll snip this, uh, you know, a year down the road. We'll tweet at Anheuser Busch, and you know, we'll ride off into the sunset with, with a bushel <laughs> of uh, corn on a can. So a bushel of bush. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, but you know, I do, I do think that uh, you know, one of the things that's important uh, for the listeners is that. This, you know, this episode of, of this podcast is not going to be, uh, this isn't how every layout is going to be. Um, you know, I, we, we really did want to dive deep into, you know, why, why I got into the sport, why Derek got into the sport, and ultimately why we wanted to create the podcast. Um, and so, you know, I thought this, you know, this kind of layout would be a, a great way for us to, um, you know, relay that to the listeners. Um, and so, you know, some of the things that we're going to do down the line, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to have different segments. Um, you know, we're going to obviously be talking a lot more NASCAR news as we get into the season. Um, and, you know, I'll let Derek kind of talk about some of the other things that he has ideas of doing. Um, and, you know, as far as like trivia and things like that are concerned. So, yeah, so, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the agenda that we kind of had planned for tonight, and it was, uh, like Clark said, we wanted to do something to kind of introduce ourselves. Um, but, uh, you know, this is kind of how we expect this to go, just kind of a laid-back podcast. Um, there's going to be some info. There's going to be some uh, some learning. Obviously, you know, like we said, the, the hardcore fan versus the casual fan. Um, I'm going to pretend I know everything. I will make mistakes every now and then, but we'll try to correct those as we go. Um but quite honestly, we're just two, two fans of the sport um, that want to bring it to other people to, to have them enjoy it too and, and see a different side of NASCAR racing and racing in general. We're going we're gonna to focus on other forms of racing than NASCAR. It will be a primarily NASCAR-based podcast. Um, but, you know, I, me personally, and I, I think Clark is to a degree as well, but we're racing fans, um, you know, and, and that's – that can encompass everything. You know, it can be NASCAR, it can be IndyCar, um, it can be SRX. Hell, it can be a foot race. I'm in. So, um, <laughs> foot oh, race. Uh, you saying bolt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I actually, I actually do like the Olympics. So, yeah. Um, you know, foot foot race is good with me. Um, you know, it's always, it's always fun to, uh, you know, the Olympics come around every four years. It's always fun to tune into those. I think in general, we're just, uh, you know, probably me more so than you. Um, I'm just a sports fan and, uh, you know, my, my stubbornness, uh, before going to a race, uh, always had me saying NASCAR is not a sport. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Derek would argue that, um, you know, NASCAR is a sport and you have to be athletic to do it. And I would, <laughs> I would say, look at Tony Stewart, dude, like that or, guy. Is, Oreos and Coca-Cola, Dunkin' Oreos and Coca-Cola. Yeah. He's, he's the least athletic person I've ever seen in my life. You're telling me that he has to be athletic to do this, but that doesn't, it, it, it doesn't go both ways. Right. So, um, so you don't, in my opinion, you don't have to be an athlete to drive a NASCAR, but that doesn't mean that there's not a ton of athletes that drive in NASCAR. In fact, everybody on the roster is an athlete. Um, and, you know, I've, there's, there's a lot of things that people don't realize that drivers go through with heat. Um, 100, 150 degrees on a race car in midsummer. Right, and fighting the steering wheel, um, and and things like that for for six hundred miles, and on some in some occasions, um, five hundred miles, and a lot of occasions, four hundred miles, uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, at at the very least, you've got to have some good forearm strength. <laughs> well, and, um, I, and I th I think what you said it, it, it phrases it perfectly. Um, you know, there are athletes in NASCAR. There aren't athletes in NASCAR. Um, you know, the business model has changed over the years. Um, you know, it went from being pure driving talent to now you have to be marketable. You have to have the sponsorship backing behind you. Um, you know, and not all those drivers are 
are athletes. I mean, yes, they are to a degree, but there are hardcore athletes. And then there's some that are just there based on their sponsorship, you know, a hardcore athletes and good drivers, I guess is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's ultimately what landed on me changing, um, you know, my opinion. Um, I, you know, had always said it's not a sport to, for it to be a sport, you have to be an athlete. Um, but I've kind of changed my definition of a sport and it's a, it's a competition, right? Like, um, you tune into ESPN sometimes and you see like a chess competition and they consider it a sport. Nobody's athletic in chess. Uh, <laughs> They, they might be, they, you know, they might have a, they might play basketball too or something, but, um, but you don't have to be an athlete to play chess. And I don't think you necessarily have to be an athlete to, to be an NASCAR driver. However, it is a sport. Um, you know, it's a competition. There's a lot that goes into it. There's, uh, teams involved with it. Um, and then a lot of training, a lot of technique. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, it, it definitely is a sport. Um, you know, I don't, I don't remember exactly how we got onto that topic, but, um, but you know, it is, I've changed my opinion. Um, and, and I, I think I've changed my opinion through experiencing it and going to the track and, and just kind of seeing everything that goes into it. Right. And, um, so. And I, I think, you know, as you mentioned earlier about talking about like, you know, hey, I know this is a NASCAR podcast, you know, we'll get back to that. I do think it, it's a, you know, you're you're more of a, a total sports fan, like you said, than I am, than I, I'm mainly just into racing. Um, but with that being said, I think like, because you're a total sports fan, you're going to be able to relate to a lot of the listeners that maybe are dipping their toe in the in the NASCAR waters. Um, and you can relate and tell them, you know, how, how it compares maybe the NFL or the NBA or MLB um, there's, there's so many different dynamics to the sport of NASCAR. Um, and it's very confusing for, for first time fans. Um, and hell, I'll even say it's very confusing for longtime fans. Um, you, you spend enough time watching the sport and, and visiting NASCAR Twitter, you'll, you'll hear all, all the complaining that we do. So um, it's uh, you know, some of it's warranted, some of it's not, some of it's just us complaining for, for the hell of it. Um, but it, it is a it is a very tough sport to understand sometimes, and you know we'll we'll do our best to kind of explain it in both a technical way and also um, layman's terms, you know, t- so we can really explain to to you guys what what you're seeing and, and what we're seeing. So it's I, I Clark, I really yeah. do feel like it's a good thing that you know you're you're going to be able to relate it to sports. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think that's, it, it all goes back to why we started this podcast. Um, you know, we, we obviously want to kind of relay how the, the two different, um, fans can be in the sport, um, and, and, and still have a good time. Right. So like, obviously there's going to be the hardcore fan who, um, you know, kind of lives and breathes it. And then there's going to be the casual fan, um, and I think that's kind of the goal is, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, hopefully there's going to be a lot of people who are just sports fans in general that might tune into this podcast, not thinking they'd ever like NASCAR. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll take them to the track. Hopefully they'll come hang out with us at the track when when we're there. Um, and and hopefully ultimately it'll it'll help the sport um, continue to grow. I know that NASCAR. um from from what I've read uh, has really struggled with our generation, you know, the the 28 to 35 range, but they, they do have good viewership in the in the, you know, 22 and younger. Um, so they kind of missed our generation, but somehow they they brought it back around. And so I think that's kind of the whole premise or the whole purpose of this podcast is the kind of give my experience uh, in becoming a fan in NASCAR um, and then just being able for, for us to just talk NASCAR and have a good time and, and, you know, drink beer, you know, once a week and just catch up with one another. And then uh, also be able to have you relate with, um, you know, with the, the hardcore fan and be able right. to talk and speak to them 
um, which will also translate to speaking to the casual fan. Like yeah. I said, you know, I learned some stuff tonight that I had no idea was going on. Like, <laughs> we're going to one nut next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, so. and, and to be honest with you, I mean, most most NASCAR fans, uh, hardcore fans, or just people that are involved in the sport or had been for a long time, are going to appreciate your point of view and trying to welcome in new fans to to share the sport with with everyone else it's uh you know us us fans we us nascar fans we take pride in bringing new people to our sport because it is something that many people don't give a chance and then when they do they actually find out that it actually is not as bad as they think it is and um you know you've mentioned you know you're going to explain how you got into into the sport you know what you've done tonight but you're also going to explain, you know, you've only been to a handful of tracks. Uh, Clark and I are going to Talladega here in a couple months. Clark's never been to Talladega, the biggest, yeah, baddest awesome. racetrack there is. So we're going to kind of document this as we go, too, and, and kind of share these experiences. Um, you know, we'll have some social media set up to, to follow, uh, you know, with pictures and videos and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so this is going to be a continued learning experience. And, and you know, like Clark said, he's he's probably – going to learn some stuff from me um i'm gonna learn some stuff from him too in terms of you know what he sees uh what his opinion is um you know and just it's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun to kind of see the different viewpoints and and hopefully if we can get popular enough we'd love to have some other other people join um some uh you know some social questions and and some interaction um we're both really personable people and and would love to to have some other people on the show too so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that um, is hopefully going to set us apart that you touched on that we haven't really talked about as we're just regular people, man. <laughs> we're just fans, just like <laughs> anybody who might be listening to this um, or, you know, we're just sports fans like anybody who might be listening to this. So and, um, and, I'll, you know, and I'll say if if anyone's listening out there and they think, man, Clark sounds like he's better than me. Just know he's not. He's not at all. Well, that, I mean, that's up for debate. We can, you know, we can, we can always debate that. Um, it's a debate we've been having for almost ten years since we. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, usually, uh, you know, what I, what I'll say to the listeners is that Derek and I have had many debates, um, and and you know, the only time that I've ever been wrong in my life is <laughs> that one time where I thought I was wrong. <laughs> so. So um, I'm glad you know, that's that that's kind of Derek and I's relationship, important. and yeah. he often reminds me. <laughs> I was gonna say I think it's important for the uh, the listeners to know that uh, you are never wrong. So you know if if you uh, if anyone out there feels I'm not putting up a real fight with him, I've just learned my lesson that it's 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 a lose lose situation. So um, that's yeah, how and it's how he's always been. So. I have a feeling that this uh, this podcast is gonna humble me a little bit when uh, <laughs> you know when we start doing some of the some of the things that we have in mind in the future, you know, yeah. trivia and things like that, you're probably going to throw up the the easiest uh, slow pitch that you can possibly throw up to me. And I'm just going to bomb it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to strike out uh, right, right there. Um, so, you know, there's a ton that I don't know about this sport, but what I do know is that I like it. I enjoy, uh, you know, I enjoy going to the track. I enjoy hanging out with friends, drinking beer, grilling, uh, watching the cars uh, go around and experiencing different tracks. Um, you know, so that's that's what I think I'm most excited for going forward with this is, you know, see what different tracks we can get to, uh, see how we can relay the different uh, experiences that we have in NASCAR as the different fan types. And, uh, you know, hopefully gain some traction with, you know, with an audience and, and, and kind of go from there. Um, so I kind of want to jump into, um, you know, wrapping this thing up. Yep. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that we should kind of do is uh, break down, you know, what, what some future episodes are going to look like. Um, I know that I'm pretty excited for the Daytona 500 coming up here. Um, you know, I don't know exactly when this first episode is going to be published. So, you know, it may be as of right now, the Daytona 500s in 20 days, I believe it is. Um, yeah, very okay. excited for that. Um, by the time this thing gets published, it might be, you know, a week out. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll be working on another, you know, we'll be working on some more content, 
Yeah, uh, we we wanted to we wanted to kind of get the kinks out, um, kind of get the format down. Um, you know, like like we said, though, we're just kind of here having a conversation. We'll try to stay on topic, but you know, uh, we're we're kind of we're really enjoying what we're doing here. So, um, but yeah, the Daytona 500 is in, like you said, I think 20 days. Um, just a little bit of a preview for for everyone listening is um, we we did hope to get to the driver changes for this year, um, but we are. Uh, almost out of time today. Um, so we'll try to touch on it as we head into the Daytona 500 week. Um, the Daytona 500 week is now uh, one speed week. It used to be called Daytona Speed Weeks. Um, but we have races uh, Tuesday through Sunday um, leading up to the da- Daytona 500 starting February 9th um, with the uh, Bush Clash. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, um, but there's a lot of races that week and a lot of explaining that will need to be done in terms of what all those races mean and why we're doing them. So, um, yeah, Clark, I, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, a, a really good point of, you know, we, we got some really fun and exciting stuff coming up here and, and, uh, we got even more info that we're going to cover, uh, more topics that we're going to cover, I guess I should say. Um, and we're looking forward to doing it with you guys, um, moving forward. So. Yeah. And if, if you're thinking about getting into, into, uh, watching a race, uh, the Daytona 500 is going to be um, is going to be the one that you're going to want to tune into. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's going to be a great American race. Yep. As, as far as as far as uh, racing and product that's put on the track is concerned, um, you know, there's there's it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, and it's, it's kind of interesting that NASCAR starts their season with their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. <laughs> That's, you know, if you're, if you're considering it, if you're on the fence, that's definitely a race to tune into. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of action. You'll see a, a big one or two. Um, and, you know, like NASCAR has been saying, this is going to be the best season ever. Um, so you might as well, <laughs> you might as well hop into the best season ever uh, with the biggest race ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think that's a great point to finish on. Uh, the best season ever coming up here soon. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, please follow us on social media right now. We're on Twitter, working on other socials. Our Twitter handle is, uh, at in the fans lane. Um, so be sure to, uh, follow us there. Keep up with us. Um, we're really looking forward to, uh, to getting this going. So, uh, for tonight, uh, I'm Derek. He's Clark. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us and, uh, we'll talk to you next time.